The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. This is your United States of America. It is Saturday, September 4th, 2021, and you're listening to the resurrection of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by the HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com, and of course, presented by Hami Media. On today's show, we're going all in on All Out, CM Punk, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, and of course, a whole lot more. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to tell you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. Find the show online, HTM underscore pod, email hittingthemarks at gmail.com. My name is Jargo. I will be your host for the day, but let's bring in the new tag team partner. He's the GAG from the PWC. He's my man, Jimmy T. Welcome to your show. What's going on, Jargo? Thank you for having me on, man. And this is a, this is cool, man. I like this new concept and thank you for actually welcoming us to the, the PWC, to the Hitting the Marks podcast network, dude. It's an honor to be part of the family, dude, and thank you once again. So we, we kind of thought this is what's going down, right? We, we've got the PWC has come on board of HittingTheMarks.com. So we're, we're going to get, you know, a Raw review. We're going to get a SmackDown review. We're going to have AEW reviews. Of course, I'm covering Destino. We've got New Japan on lock. There's a potential Ring of Honor show kind of in development. We've got our boys over at Turnbuckle Talk who talk about all the news at the beginning of the week. So let's bring it back. Let's do a new Hitting the Marks pro wrestling podcast. It's going to be me and Jimmy T sitting down to kind of talk about what's the big topic in wrestling this week. And we'll try to go like maybe an hour, hour and a half. And Jimmy, this week, it's pretty easy. Uh, There's a big show coming up tomorrow AEW All Out. It is all the buzz inside of the pro wrestling world. They've got Fan Fest going on right now up in Chicago. I saw pictures of Sheeta. Holy God, does Sheeta look good going into Fan Fest today? Jimmy T, where are you at with All Out? Are are you like enthused about this show? Are you kind of in the middle? Are you thumbs down? Like you don't like the build at all? How how excited are you for All Out tomorrow night? Well, Jaga, I'm glad you you asked me that question because, first of all, I'm a little confused, to be honest with you, because this card, I mean, why are, most of these matches are total repeats of two weeks ago. If it wasn't on Dynamite, it was on Rampage, right. and now we're getting them in a pay-per-view? Sure, we know Kenny against and Christian are going to have a great match, right? But they just had a match two weeks ago on Rampage. Two, three weeks ago, and that was a great match. Do we really need to see it again? Like, you know you know, you know what I'm saying? And what about even CM Punk? It was a great debut. Don't get me wrong, Jago. It was absolutely great. It was actually one of the best moments in the last 10 years, easily, right? Easily. Easily. And I dare say even the last 15 years even, right? But after that, well, there's no heat between him and Darby. Like, there's really, 
Like, why are they wrestling each other? Like, why is that even a match? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, really, tell us, give us something more. Give me some sort of heat. You know what I mean? Unless Sting actually turns heel, and I've got a feeling that possibly could happen, right? And he turns on CM Punk and just starts whacking him with the bat. If that doesn't happen, then I think, <laughs> why is this match really happening? You, you know what I'm saying? Does it really elevate... Darby Allen, if Punk goes over, I don't know. There, there, all of these matches, it's interesting to me because I can look at the card, right? And there's 10 matches advertised for the show if you include the pre-show, right? right. And then and then we'll, we'll talk about Andrade too and what's I'll going s- on with right. him. Um, but I look at all the matches and I'm seeing like, you know, Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander that... That that has the potential to be good. CM Punk versus Darby Allen. I'm I'm not necessarily sure what to expect. We'll we'll talk about that a bit further. Kenny Omega and Christian, like it'll probably be really good, you know. Miro and Eddie Kingston, that'll be a fight. Young Bucks yeah, and Lucha yeah. Bros is going to be fantastic. Inside of a steel cage, it's even better, but we've seen it. This is like the fourth time. <laughs> uh, Jericho and MJF, now we're going to see for the fourth time. Uh, even the undercard, like John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima, that's going to be freaking fantastic if they give those guys time to go out there and do what they do. But it's not John Moxley versus Tanahashi. It's a little bit of a disappointment. Paul White versus QT Marshall. Why is QT Marshall getting a pay-per-view match? Like, but the individual matches look really good. But as a card, I feel so underwhelmed. And I, I don't remember a show like that in a very, very long time. Like, it's going to be good. I know it's going to be good, but I feel like I should be more excited for All Out. <laughs> that makes two of us and that's the thing man like who booked this shit really when you really think about it i mean why it's just a weird card i thought all out is one of their you know top two pay-per-views right for the company yeah it, it's either True. wrestlemania or SummerSlam, right like it, 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 it's <laughs> right. one of those it, it's the number one show or the number two show with the double yeah, or nothing it, being the other one right exactly and this card makes no sense to me. I mean, it makes sense, but why are we getting... I know they're going to tell us, oh, but it's, you know, AEW do long-term storylines. Remember when we were talking, I'm pretty sure it was you and I on Destino, but we are talking about, or no, it was on the skirmish even, where we are talking about Adam Page, right? How, you know, AEW has gone real deep, like, you know, remember that fan that pointed out this goes back to New Japan and Ring of Honor, and it's moved all the way over to to AEW. And I've always said, bullshit, man. Like, in many ways, I feel like he was in limbo for a long time because they don't truly know what to do with Adam Page. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? And so they're putting him in that dark order spot just to buy time because, you know, others are going, you know, Kenny's got his title run and, and now Punk is coming, which is going to push him even lower down the pecking order, in my opinion, which is bad. I know his wife just had a kid, but so is everyone. So, <laughs> you know what I'm okay. saying? Well, let, let me ask you this. If the main event of this show, which we're, we're going to talk about, what is the main event of this show, how you would book it? Um, Oof, that's a tough one. If the main event of this show is Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, 
Do you feel differently about this show? I don't know, because even if it was, I would still want Kenny to get over Hangman Page. But I mean, as a show, would you feel better about this show? Because there's something about Kenny Omega versus Christian that just, it feels like a main event of Dynamite. Yes, absolutely. It was the main event of Rampage (laughs) just like three weeks ago. No, it wasn't. It was the opening match of Rampage. It was the first match of Rampage. Oh, yeah, sorry, it was. You're right. You're right. It was the first match. But these days, Rampage feels like a Saturday night's main event. Well, I think the main uh, event of Rampage is the opening match because, I mean, it it is 11 o'clock on the East Coast in the United States, you know. Right, right. And that sucks, but, you know, they... And that's another thing that I disagree about. Punk's debut was brilliant, but at 10 p.m. on a Friday night, was that the right call? They could have gotten more views, in my opinion, if it was on a Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Primetime television, dude. Yeah, but I think they're, they're what they're trying to do is they're trying to establish Rampage, like straight out of the gate. Like, this is must-see TV. Like, go watch two hours of SmackDown, you know, be sadly disappointed in everything that doesn't involve Roman Reigns, and then, right. you know, come over and we're going to give you a real fast hour of, damn, that was good. I can't wait for Dynamite on Wednesday. And, and you know what? I was pumped for Rampage, man, because it did have a great energy to it. There's some sort of energy that's kind of different to Dynamite, even though they use the same setup. Right. They do have different camera angles, though, and I think they're actually better on Rampage. But in saying that, it's got a good energy, but you, you get Punk to debut on Rampage, and then everything else now seems underwhelming now. Rampage starting to feel a bit like, uh, I dare say, TNA explosion. I don't know if I go necessarily that far, but I my my biggest fear is I don't want it to become thunder. Like that uh-huh. that's my fear. Like that's what I don't want to see out of Rampage. Yeah, but you see, Thunder wasn't. I feel like Thunder, thunder was gets, awful, dude. It, it was, was awful, awful at times, but it wasn't. I feel like there was some good shows, man. I mean, I watched Thunder like pretty religiously back then, and I thought, you know. It was a mess, don't get me wrong. But I was still watching WCW all the way to the end, you know what I mean? So, yeah, but anyway. but talking about for punishment right there, watching oh, WCW dude, all the way. To, that last I went, year is just dude, brutal. I went to a Nitro and Thunder taping oh. literally in 2000, dude. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, yeah, I feel it. Don't worry. I f- it's, it's sad, dude. It's a shame that it doesn't even exist anymore, but... That was then. This is now. And AEW is so trying to be WCW. And it has a feel to it, which is good. I like that, right? But I just hope they don't plateau. I feel like now... CM Punk doesn't even look in in ring shape, dude. In my opinion. It's so hard to tell, right? Because all we've seen him in is a t-shirt and jeans at this point. Right. Um, looks, it's, it's really hard yeah. to tell. Well, let me ask you this. What is the main event of All Out? I thought about that. I've thought about that a lot. I don't know. That's I actually don't know. You'd think it's got to be Punk and Darby, right? Well, and I mean, there's so much of it that kind of goes off of the finishes too, right? Because I mean, right, I, right. I guess let's, let, let's talk about a, a couple of the potential debuts that we could see at All Out because that may determine what the main event is. The Biggest rumor that is out there is Brian Danielson coming in at the end of the Kenny Omega versus Christian match. After Kenny puts Christian in his freaking place, 
Christian gets to know his role, exactly. shut his mouth, go over to Impact <laughs> Wrestling, be their little champion, right? That that is when we're gonna hear the final countdown and out walks yes. Brian Danielson. That's a great moment. It's a huge pop. But if you're going to do that, then you have to headline the show with Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Is that the main event? Because if that's the case, you're already going to have CM Punk versus Darby Allen, and the roof is going to be blown off of the Now Center or Now Arena, right. whatever the hell it's yeah. called now. Now Now Arena, I think it's called, right. Right. You're also going to have Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros, which is probably going to be the match of the night. It's going to happen inside of a steel cage. That crowd is going to be spent after that match. <laughs> A lot of guest moments, no doubt. Yeah, and you also sure. have Jericho versus MJF, which is probably the biggest stipulation inside of AEW that nobody's talking about, Chris Jericho's potential retirement. Right, you could make true. a case that should be the main event of All Out. I mean, that's a storyline a year and a half in the making. It's the, it's the program they have the most investment in at this point. What is the main event? What do you do for the main event? Because if it's Kenny and Christian, are you going to lose the audience before you even do potentially get to a Brian Danielson-like moment? Do you want to debut Danielson opposite of Kenny Omega in Chicago? Like, I think the timing is all wrong. There's no Awful. way I would debut Brian Danielson on this show. I would save him for New York. I've been very firmly in that camp yep. since the Arthur Ashe show was announced. Yep. In Flushing, right? You know, absolutely. Because but if that you don't do Brian Danielson, you can't headline this show with Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. You can't do it. Well, you said it, man. It all depends on the finishes, right? And and who's debuting? If it is Daniel Bryan, going by storyline sense, then you got to have Kenny and Christian main event the the card, dude. You have to. Right? I but then he's saying like, that I do not like anything about that i feel if, if you bring in brian danielson and his first match is against kenny omega for the aew world heavyweight championship doesn't that blow your entire narrative as a tv show i mean like yeah. wins and losses matter we have a ranking system we actually use the ranking system we talk <laughs> about it who's the number one contender and you're just gonna bring in a former WWE guy and shoot him directly to the top against the world champion. That does not make any sense inside of Actually, the AEW true, true. universe. I think that is no. a terrible idea. I am firmly against it. That's actually, you brought up an interesting point that you're, you're spot on. I mean, he could get hit. He could actually turn on him, which is actually funny in saying that. Cause I don't see the fans actually turning, but these AEW Fans are pretty uh, loyal, shall we say. You know what I mean? They're pretty rabid and loyal. That's a good question, dude. I mean, but then who would he go after? The other logical one is CM Punk. Well, there, I don't know if I want to do Punk either. Like, I, I think I would rather see, like, Brian Danielson matched up against somebody like MJF. Like, wherever MJF is coming out of this feud with Chris Jericho, he's going to be able to get his heat back Wednesday on Dynamite, or he's going to have colossal mega heat after retiring Chris Jericho. And <laughs> you're, you're going to get so sick and tired of hearing about him retiring Chris Jericho. It's <laughs> oh, going to be shit. obscene. 
I could see Danielson being the guy who comes in to shut MJF's mouth and MJF going off about how, you know, if I remember correctly, you have a few head injuries. I got no problem retiring you too. Like, well, Jagger. I mean, I, I feel like that's the logical place for Danielson, not against Kenny Omega. Well, in saying that, like, you're right, right? I mean, absolutely. But where do you go from there? Like, as in, why is he going after MJF? Like, Are we why? pretending like Hangman is dead? I mean, like, isn't well, Hangman Page the logical place for Kenny Omega to come out of this going dead. towards full gear? He, he's dead, dude. He's dead. He's dead. He, Hangman who? Well, I mean, we what? might see another ghost show up at All Out, <laughs> and, and that is the ghost of Adam Cole. Uh, oh. Adam Cole now free to go. Of course, he's dead inside of the BTE <laughs> universe. And I got I got some questions about that because I feel like AEW fans are going to want an explanation why the ghost of Adam Cole is walking around on AEW Dynamite. As ridiculous as that sounds, they <laughs> need an explanation for Adam Cole still being alive. He's dead in the AEW <laughs> universe. Um, that's another one I could see Danielson and Adam Cole. Like they make a big deal out of Danielson's debut. And then Adam Cole shows up as like the cameraman and super kicks his freaking head off. <laughs> I could absolutely see that as the first program for Brian Danielson. <laughs> I seriously could. If they do that, I will pop. Right. But would the AEW everybody would base- pop, right? Would they remember that though? We're assuming these AEW fans, I'll be honest with you, Jago. I've come across AEW fans online, I'm not kidding, this is a true story, that have only recently become pro wrestling fans. And when I say recently, I'm talking about in the last five years, dude. Right? And they think they know their shit by being five-year fans. And I'm telling you, that's another story. I've taken them to the cleaners, dude, plenty of times. But in saying that, these guys really, there's a lot of them that don't even know a lot of past stuff and the and this is the exact fan base that is anti WWE and anti every other company that's not aligned with AEW, you know what I mean? And it's rabid, dude. It's almost uh disturbing, shall we say, in many ways. Because for me, sure I grew up on WWF. That was like the home team for me growing up. And then, you know, I discovered WCW, NWA and all that. And I'm a pro wrestling fan, dude. I love pro wrestling. Anything that's good, I'll watch. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, that's how I've always been. I don't understand how people go so rabid on one side to the other. But in saying that, and back to MJF, can I ask you a question, Jago? And please, I hope you got an answer. But is the pinnacle and the inner circle still a thing? Or have they just disbanded and... We don't know about it. I think they kind of got everything on the back burner a little bit as far as the storyline goes between the pinnacle and the inner circle. Um, I wish they would have brought that into the storyline going into all out. Like what happens to the inner circle if MJF wins that match? Like, is the inner circle still a thing? Does Sammy Guevara become the new kind of de facto leader of the inner circle? Like, where is Jake Hager? I haven't even seen him yeah. in a while. Where you the know? fuck is Jake Hager? Uh, like, there, there's a lot of things that I feel like they could have done. I do feel like, though, the Jericho-MJF feud 
is probably the hottest creative program inside of AEW. I, I thought Jericho's promo Wednesday night was really, really good. I thought MJF's sit down with Tony Schiavone was really, really good. I like that's might be the match I'm the most interested in because I you could kind of make a case going either way for this. Right, but we know they're not going to have that as the main event. Unless Jericho's retiring, legitly, then I can see that possibly main eventing the show. Only well, because you kind of have to, wouldn't you? But then you're sending the crowd home pretty pissed, so that wouldn't make sense. Here, here's another possibility, right? What if Jericho is not retiring? The stipulation is he will never wrestle in an AEW ring again. Um... I'm not sure what Jericho's contract situation is. I believe he signed a three-year deal, which would mean that it's up in January. Could you see Jericho going back to WWE for one more big payday from Vince? I actually can because he's on very good... Come on, dude. He was on the Stone Cold podcast. I mean... Right, exactly. It's Jericho. But you know what I truly think is going to happen? And this might, I could be way off. I could be so wrong. But it's got to do with his promo on Dynamite this past Wednesday, man. If you pay attention, you know how he he was saying to MJF, or he was talking about MJF, how he's arrogant, he's, a, he's like a condescending, you know, all sorts of shit. And he was repeating, saying, so am I. You know what I mean? And he's this and that, so am I. Like, right. He's a liar, so is he, so is Jericho. So, you know what I think, dude? I actually think even if Jericho does lose, right, he's going to lie. He's not going to retire. He's not going to let MJF take that away from him. Like, it's just not going to happen. He lied. Well, at this point, what's left for Chris Jericho to do inside of AEW? Like, if, if Jericho wins this match... Where does Jericho go from here? You're right. He's pretty much been there, done that. But in saying that, Punk just re-signed, you know what I mean? As in not re-signed, but come back to professional wrestling, right? You know, if Daniel Bryan's possibly coming in. I mean, I know he's faced both of them countless fucking times anyway. But, like, it's starting to get hot, man. AEW, and when I say hot, I'm using that loosely. I'm talking about hot in the sense of 2021. Yeah, like, it's nothing compared to when wrestling was truly hot. You know what I mean? So, but in saying that, AEW's got a lot of buzz right now, obviously because of Punk and, like, you know, Brian Danielson. But, you know, they can really book themselves in a corner, possibly, if they're not careful. And when as it comes to Adam Cole, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, a lot of fans don't know the Shawn Michaels... You know what I mean? You know, in the camera, the cameraman fucking overalls and shit. Like, I can see a lot of people, it could go over their head, you know what I mean? Possibly. So, you know what I mean? But if he does that, that'll be awesome. That'll be a good sort of like wink, wink, you know? That'll, that'll be cool. Knowing Tony Khan's love for companies like ECW, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, I have to imagine that he also watches a bit of Lucha Libre. And uh, I, I, I feel like a spoiler alert for the, the Jericho MJF match. They're basically doing the El Santo storyline. Um, and 
I, I mean, like the, the entire like trials of Jericho and everything like El Santo went through all of this and El Santo got the win in the end, obviously, because El Santo was around for freaking ever, kind of like Chris Jericho right. has been, you know? Yeah. So a lot of yeah, part of me doesn't take him serious right now. So I'm not sure. You know what I mean? What to think? It's almost like, nah, you'll win. But I can also see him losing. I can't. And to him. be fair. Right. I can see it. He's going on the fuzzy tour right now, too. And so, think of what that does for MJF. Think of what, oh, like, given dude. MJF's age, you are going to hear him say that he retired Chris Jericho mm -hmm. billions of times over the Forever. course of the next 20 years. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. until somebody finally retires MJF. Right, like this is something that MJF could already, brag about right. for his entire Absolutely. career. Yep, and it's fucking smart business, dude. When you really think about it, because it's just written itself. Yeah. Not only does Jericho, uh, you know, pretty much a living legend, and in many people's eyes, arguably the best ever. Right, I'm not saying that's my opinion. I'm just saying people think that. Right, arguably you can make a case for Jericho. Right, no doubt. But man. That would make MJF, he'd be on a different stratosphere after that. Like, Jericho had done the ultimate, like, he really put a kid over for the right reasons. You know what I'm saying? And that will do them, he'll be to the moon. And like, it makes MJF like, a main event player. Immediately. Straight away. Because immediately, right. the logical feud for MJF coming out of retiring Chris Jericho would be either Brian Danielson or CM Punk. So are you saying we're going to get a new legend killer sort that's, of thing? That's kind of where I would go with MJF. Interesting. Interesting. That's interesting, man. Oh, That'll he'd be, be insufferable. <laughs> oh. You know what sucks, though, man? Could he possibly be one of the greatest baby faces in the history of pro wrestling in the future? Oh, absolutely. Or he doesn't. Absolutely. But does he have it in him? Do you oh, think yeah. he has it in him? Oh, to yeah, be a I great so. baby face. Yeah, I think so. Because he, he'd be a baby face with edge, right? Because basically what he would do, he would just take all of the insults that he uses, right? <laughs> and rather than insulting the audience, he would just direct to the, it towards right. the heel. He'd be the rock. He's basically doing the, the rock exactly. shit. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the hotter you are as a heel, the more over you right. are as a baby face. And obviously he's Absolutely. got the Jericho mentorship. You know, Jericho. Right, right. There's one thing left in Chris Jericho's career that he has not done, and I know he wants to do it, and there's only one place he could do it, and that's in the WWE. Jimmy, do you know what that thing is? I probably do, right? But it's not coming to me right now. And I've got his books too, so, I mean, I should know this, but it's not coming to me. Oh, wait a minute. To wrestle his son? Nope. Nope. All right, because he's brought up that too, apparently. He wants to win the world championship as a babyface. Really? He's never won the world championship as a babyface. He has never been cheered when he won the world championship, and that really bugs him. Including the World Heavyweight Championship, like the WCW? Yep, he's never won it as a babyface. He's always been a heel. Every time he's won the world championship has been as a heel. The closest that he came is when he pinned Triple H 
to, to oh, become yeah, the champion. On Raw. And it was the, and it was the fast count. He had to give it right, back. Right, and right. it was like yeah, it yeah. was like the biggest blue balls cock tease oh, in man. the history and I was of so pro devastated, wrestling. Man, back then, right? He's I remember never that was yesterday. The pro cha- the the professional championship as a babyface. <laughs> Wow, I didn't think of that. And not even in 2001 when he won the Undisputed Championship, he wasn't a babyface? No. Was he healed during that time? He probably was. I think he was. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Wow, I never He's thought of never that. He's never won Actually, the world title as a babyface. And you think that fuels him to go back to that? Oh, yeah, I've heard him talk about it. Because hmm. that's, the, that's the one that he wants, right? Like. Right. He could win the AEW world title as a babyface, and it would be great. He would appreciate it. He would love that moment, all of that. But it would be, I'm sure, deep inside, it's the WWE you know championship. That's the one that he wants. Not the universal title. You know, not, <laughs> you know I want the right. real one. I want to I be the real WWE world heavyweight champion right. as a babyface and have people cheer me for it. You just um, convinced me now that he's done. You know why? I'm saying done from AEW, not not WWE, right? I've just realized one thing. He's done his job in AEW now. Now that he Punk has. is signed, Punk is signed, you know, supposedly Brian Danielson has, has signed also. His job is done. They don't need him anymore. He's put him on the map. He was the first ever AEW World Heavyweight Champion. He really carried the company on his back during that time. Absolutely. At the ripe age of 50. Right, let's be honest, he did, right? And he put him on the map, he really did. Because Jericho is Jericho, right? He's he's mainstream, everyone knows who he is, even if, if you're a casual fan, right? And if you don't know him, you know him for Fozzie, because Fozzie's a pretty big deal, dude. They're not just some friggin', like, nothing, nobody, but they're a big deal, dude, they really are. And they deserve to be, because they're not fucking, they're actually pretty good. Jericho can actually sing, man. Just give him credit. He really can. So in saying that, you know what? You're right. I, I can't I can't argue that point because when you put it like that, you, it's just written itself. It's perfect. He's done his job. He's put him on the map. Time to move on, man. I'm convinced. He's, he's done. It just makes sense, dude. It puts MJF on another stratosphere. It makes Jericho walk through the, you know, through, through the sunset and shit. And he gets his last run where it it all began, technically. Like when I say when he became a huge star. Obviously in WCW, he was becoming a big deal too. But I can see it. It just, it's like romantic almost, Jago. Kind of is. It's poetry in motion. You know what I'm saying? It is. It's kind of perfect for Chris Jericho to lose this match. It really is. Damn it, Jago. <laughs> why did you make me, why did you convince me for, man? But whoops. Sorry about that, but it makes sense. It's kind it of totally what I makes do. sense. It's kind of what I do. <laughs> uh, let's Damn. talk about uh, John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima. Um, <laughs> people wanted Tanahashi. People were stupid um, because you know we could look at the schedule and see that New Japan was running the Met Life Dome on the same day as All Out, and we knew. Hiroshi Tanahashi was going to be inside of the dome. They got to put butts in seats in Japan. 
Tanahashi puts butts in seats. So instead, AEW gets Satoshi Kojima. Moxley's going to win this match. I do expect it probably go like 10, 12 minutes. And these two guys are just going to beat the ever-loving shit out of one another. That's what's going to happen. If you don't know who Satoshi Kojima is, um, he likes to beat people up and he likes to eat bread. That's basically <laughs> all that you need to know about Satoshi Kojima. <laughs> And he loves making bread with those chops that he does, dude. I mean, seriously, look, me on a personal level is looking forward to this match, right? So am I. As, see, as you would be, right? But looking at it from an unbiased perspective and looking at it just from the casual eye, say, right? You'd be kind of disappointed. And, and first of all, why is this match even happening in the first place? Well, like, I can, really? I can like, explain that, actually. Uh, you, you see, what happened is John Moxley has to fulfill his obligation to New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's contracted for X number of matches. But, of course, John Moxley can't get into Japan because of the COVID restrictions. So John Moxley faxed over a blank contract to New Japan Pro Wrestling and said, somebody sign that and send it back to me. I want you at All Out. And he thought it was going to be Tanahashi. Everything has been built for John Moxley versus Tanahashi. I did. He, I, I knew that actually. Right. Right, right. right. So Kojima being the man that he is, you know, because let's face it, Kojima was kind of the ace before the ace was the ace. Right. Like Kojima's no joke. If you want no, to go back he's, before he's legend, the triplets dude. in New right. Japan Pro Wrestling. So Kojima's Absolutely. like, all right, Tanahashi's got to sell out the freaking dome over here in Japan. I'll go get my ass whipped by John Moxley. <laughs> so we're going to get Kojima versus Moxley. And, and inside of the storyline, this is all kayfabe, right? Like this is all the actual story that has been told. It's just been told so poorly because it's been told over social media. It's been told on a little bit on AEW TV, a little bit more on New Japan TV. Like it's kind of a mess, but it's all there when you actually piece it together. Oh, spot on, uh, 100%. And like I said, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a smash mouth match, no doubt about it, man. It's going to be hard eating, and Kojima's going to get his ass kicked. Yeah, that's course, what's going right? to happen. Right. I mean, no doubt about it. But, hey, it will be a fun match, and hopefully people react to the match. I mean, they'll react to Moxley, but damn it, man, please go back to your generic-sounding AEW theme because that's much better than Wild Thing. No way, dude. You're crazy. You're crazy. I don't know, dude. You know what? We will talk about this next week. We'll talk about this next week because this coming Wednesday on Dynamite, they're in Cincinnati, Ohio. All right? You know why John Moxley comes out to that song? Uh, isn't it got to do with his daughter or something like that? It's got to do with the movie Major League, which was about the Cleveland oh, really? Indians and the 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 like. The big actor, right, is Charlie Sheen, where he plays this crazy freaking closing pitcher who can't see a goddamn thing. He's wearing Coke movie, bottle I'll, glasses. I watched the you movie, know the right, movie, right? right? Yeah, when yeah, when yeah, Charlie right. Sheen comes out of the bullpen, what song do they play? Wild <laughs> thing. thing. It's a right. huge. It's it's an Ohio. Thing. Shout out oh, to the OHIO. It's going to be insane in Cincinnati on Cincinnati. Wednesday night. Right. Isn't he from Cincinnati as yes. well? So. That's, yes. that, no, and yeah, that's the, the connection to this whole right. thing. It's going to be insane. It's going to be stupid crazy. It's going to be CM Punk in Chicago. I hope so because he, he deserves to get that sort of – because I feel like even now with Punk – it's kind of taken a bit of shine off a lot of the wrestlers, dude, when you think about it, including even Kenny. 
in my opinion. It was yeah. like a dark looming cloud, dude, that was just storming across. And I feel like it's – and it's not Punk's fault, man. It really isn't, right? But unfortunately, it's kind of put everyone else sort of below him, which is unfortunate because even Kenny, I feel like he's trying so hard to get this – Christian match and like this, but feud. it's Christian. That's the problem, right? He's just and no offense to him. I mean, I'm a fan of his, right? I mean, I think I am. I respect the guy, right? I'm not, I'm not crazy over him, obviously, right? He's a good worker, but these fans, you know, are probably going to expect a more fast paced type of match, and Christian just can't do that anymore at this age. It's not Kenny's fault. Kenny puts on a great match. With anything, like literally anything, not anyone, anything, as we've seen in the past, right? And that's how that's a testament to him and how great he really is. That's why I'm a big fan, I'm sure, just like you, right? The the guy just knows how to work a, a friggin' match, man. But Christian brings him down. He has to go in, but like at Christian's level, which is below Kenny. And I hate to say it, but it's just, it is what it is, you know what I mean? Well, let's finish up with this Moxley and Kojima thing. Um, there are a couple of other potential debuts that we could see at AEW All Out. As I mentioned, this is a New Japan match. There have been two different New Japan wrestlers who have kind of been talking a little bit of smack about AEW and how if you leave the key sitting underneath of the doormat, don't be surprised <laughs> if I show up and whip your ass. So at the end of this match, John Moxley goes over on Satoshi Kojima. Who would you rather see? Would you rather see Switchblade Jay White show up and challenge John Moxley for the Never Open Weight Championship, and you and you have a Jay White versus John Moxley program, or would you like to see that dirty, slimy sleazeball Will Osprey walking around <laughs> claiming to be the real? IWGP World Heavyweight Champion show up in Hidden Blade John Moxley right in the back of the head. Um, and so then you have a Will Ospreay versus Moxley because Ospreay even kind of called out Moxley in his promo saying that, you know, you let Moxley walk around with the U.S. title for a year and that pussy didn't defend it. You did, then you strip me when I break my freaking neck after like two weeks. Like, screw Japan. I'm not going back over there. I'm going to be here in the United States. But if you're calling John Moxley a pussy, I feel like there's going to be a fight coming between Will Ospreay and John Moxley. Which would you a rather fight. see? You want to see Jay White or do you want to see Ospreay? You know what what's, what pisses me off about that question, Jago? I want to see them both, dude. Triple threat <laughs> against Whoa, John Moxley. Triple threat. There you go. Or maybe Whoa. a handicap match. Jay White and Will Ospreay <laughs> versus John Moxley. <laughs> That would be great too, though, man. Especially in Cincinnati, I put my him. money on Moxley. <laughs> Jesus, oh, dude, that that just destroys Jay White and Will Ospreay. If that were to do that, dude, oh my god, dude, really? Damn, that would so kill their heat, big time. But in saying that, if I had to pick between the two of them, really, I'd actually still prefer Jay White. I just think it they match up better, dude. Like I feel like. Uh, Jay White, you know, he's just better suited in this situation right now. Like, Will Ospreay, I feel like right now, you know what this reminds me of? Do you remember when Ric Flair 
jumped over from WCW to WWF. The right real at the world's champion. The real world champion, exactly. And this is what this sort of reminds me of, you know what I mean? Where he's coming back, but except it is it is legit, you know, the IWGP world championship. But, you know, I'm the real world champion type of thing. You know what I'm saying? And you know what? In my eyes, he really is a real world champion. So either way, I'm happy with either one, man. But I prefer Jay White. There is one other one that we could see. Tanahashi? No. No, Tanahashi's in Japan, right? Right. But, but we do know that Minoru cha- Suzuki is on United oh. States soil. Right. Oh, please. I'll, even though we've seen this match, I, I, I loved don't it. mind seeing it again. I don't mind seeing it again, man. And I'll be all for it, man. All for it. It wouldn't disappoint me. Not one bit. No. I, these two have got great chemistry, dude. Yeah. Great chemistry. I feel like, and you bring up a point, Minoru, for, for Moxie, it's a perfect matchup, right? Would Jay White and Moxie actually put on a good match? Oh, I'm dying to see that match. Because the thing for me is I always feel like styles make fights, right? right. Like if you got two guys that are a, a, a complete mirror image of one another, sometimes it's really, really good. Sometimes there's just no chemistry there, right? Jay White is the best counter wrestler in the world. Like his offense is whatever you're trying to throw at him. He finds a way to reverse it and drop you on your freaking head. That's Jay White's offense. He, he he's fantastic. And I just feel like Moxley and Jay, like, I just feel like that chemistry would be there for magic where Moxley is just beating the ever loving snot out of this dirty, shrivelly like, you know, switchblade Jay White. And then Jay just catches him. Right? Like that, that that's right. that's how Jay works. That's the thing that makes Jay White so freaking great in Japan. I think that's a beautiful matchup. I want to see that. Whether it's now, whether it's a year from now, I want to see Switchblade Jay White versus John Moxley. And you know what's great about that matchup too? They both got great minds, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can see him coming up with some sort of fucking awesome matchup where it's just I can just see because I've heard stories, um, I interviewed a a guy, you know, oh, you know, Doc from um, the what's it called, the New Force Order podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if you know this, right? He's part of the New York State Athletic Commission, <clears throat> and he's you know he's been the, the the actual head doctor at pro wrestling events. He's a big pro wrestling fan, obviously. You probably know that, and yeah, he's been the head doctor and stuff. And he goes, you know, who was the biggest like mind that surprised him the way he sort of sets up his matches was jay white and jay white's real fussy dude like very picky he's very like jay is very very particular right absolutely and it was a great insight because like he's become friends with him too so i've always felt like jay white right now he's not quite the game Right, like he's still Hunter Hearst Helmsley. He fucking is. He he's really is. Still Hunter Hearst Helmsley. He hasn't quite hit the game yet <laughs> in his he's, career. He's but DX when he first like be, you know. He yeah, was he's definitely over. like Shawn Michaels, like and and Hunter, like the first incarnation of DX. Right, That's kind of yep, where we're at yep. with Switchblade Jay White. Exactly right. But boy, when he hits that the next gear. When he becomes the game, literally. Yeah. And, and I feel like he's really close. He's yeah, really I, that's close. That's a great, 
that is a great comparison, man, because even I've said that too in the past. Like, it's so true, man. He's very much like a cerebral type of guy. And even, even in the back, he's known to be like that. And it, it kind of surprised me. And I've told you this story, I'm pretty sure. But when I was, you know, at a fan fest with New Japan Pro Wrestling, he was like in the corner all alone, wasn't even giving any eye contact to the point where people weren't even approaching him, dude. I don't know if it was working people or he just didn't want to be bothered, man, but he was just in his own corner doing his own thing. Not even the wrestlers were interacting with him, dude. Like, at well, all. Who would want to like, hang out with Switchblade Jay White? Could he really be that fucking bad where people just like, nah, man, this dude is too, like... <laughs> well, I, I you know mean, what I'm I, saying? is that not the personality that he projects like i because oh yeah that's I true mean, he does even right. like last week on destino i thought it was weird that you, all of bullet club like the real bullet club not this elite club bullshit like the real bullet club at that new japan show at the torch out at the the la coliseum right bullet club was clearly working babyface like Tama Tonga coming out and slapping people's hands and too sweeting people on the way to the <laughs> ring as he goes to approach Carl. And then you got, you know, Tangaloa's out there just yucking it up like he's Brock Lesnar returning at SummerSlam. <laughs> but Jay White, like coming out and slapping hands with fans and then too sweeting everybody and uh, pandering to the audience a little bit. Uh, like it was clearly like what babyface right. bullet club. But Jago, come on, man! You, it's so the way weird. Bullet Club is. It, 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 it's Bret Hart. It's it's Bret Hart, nineteen ninety seven. Like he's a baby face in Canada. He's a heel in the United States. That's what they're doing with Bullet Club. Like they're baby faces in the states. They're heels in Japan. Like that. That's very much the impression well, I'm getting. That's always that. That has always been the case, though. But now they're you know, buying into it years, rather right. than fighting right. it. They're they're actually right. buying into embracing it. it and shit. Right. But I still think there's something more to this, uh, like the way that's been. Come on, can you picture Jay White pandering to the fans? Really, like really, like when you think about it. I mean, come yeah. on, <laughs> I just uh, yeah, because I don't know, man. Jay White is a victim of his own bullshit, right? Well, yeah, true, good point. But right. if Jay White says something long enough. At a certain point, people start to believe it. Like people actually believe that Jay White single-handedly sold out Madison Square Garden because Jay White <laughs> has on. been saying that for three <laughs> yeah. freaking years that he single-handedly <laughs> sold out Madison Square Garden. Like it's a fact to the point now people are regurgitating this bullshit, right? Kind of like The Miz. Like, remember a couple yes, years ago right. when people were like, you know what? I'm really coming around on The Miz. You st <laughs> Like, he spoke it into existence for so long, people started <laughs> buying his bullshit. You're and now Jay White, like, people are buying into the Jay White Kool-Aid, myself included. Like, I... I always want to yeah, see Jay but, White get punched in the face, but you know what? I got mad respect for Jay White. Like he's he's really really good at his job. He's very very good at what he does. It's it's unfortunate he's such a douchebag, but you know <laughs> it's like that's like he has spoke his own bullshit into existence. Like he has worked himself into a shoot with the <laughs> audience. The audience is shoot buying his bullshit now. Damn, dude. If that's the case, man. And look, let's be honest. You and Good I on both him. Good on him. Hell yeah, he gets it, dude. This 
kid, well, he was a kid. I mean, he's still in his 20s, isn't he? Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, he's still a kid, but he's been around for a long time now, dude. This guy, if he doesn't become a headliner in North America, right, in the next, say, within five years, and that's probably too long, right? He's ready. He's ready now. I think he's ready now, right? He's ready now. And I've seen this kid. I've had the pleasure of seeing him from when he was on excursion in Ring of Honor, right, all the way till now. Man, I knew he was going to be something, man. I didn't buy into the Switchblade character at Nobody first did. when he first became. Right. And I wasn't sure about it because at first he looked like a deer in the headlights where he didn't believe himself that he was this guy. Is it fair to say he kind of came across that way and he was getting almost Sean Waltman heat, dude. Let's be real, Master right? Master Wado heat. Ma- yeah, Master Wado heat, no doubt. Right, but now he's earned the respect of just even pro wrestling purists to even just fans that watch New Japan. Everyone can see the talent that he always had and knew he had, but now he's buying into his own shit, like you just said, yep. and he truly believes his own shit in many ways on kayfabe, right? As well he should. As well he should because he really is one of the best right now. When you talk about when you met him, you know, right. and I kind of look at where he was in his career at that point, he shouldn't want anybody to associate with him. He should be sitting off in the corner, retreated all by himself. I can't right. believe I'm I'm just here so I don't get fined Marshawn Lynch kind of <laughs> shit, right? <laughs> yeah, because that was absolutely. his character. Like, kayfabe is still a very, very real thing in Japan. I don't think people realize, yeah. like, to the extent that that is true. And Jay White buys his own bullshit. He is the switchblade. He is a douchebag <laughs> yep. all the time. He's a dirty, <laughs> slimy, weaselly heel. Even, But now uh, people have come around. Like People are starting to dig it. It's no different than The Miz. It's no different than Chris Jericho has done a hundred times throughout his career, it right. seems like. Absolutely. Jay White just gets it. He gets it, man. He really does. And and he's earned it, man. I, I'm, I'm happy for where he's at. I just feel though his impact thing is just underwhelming though. Well, to it's be because fair. it's impact, right? And why would they want him to be on there? I get it, maybe to boost him. Maybe it was Impact's request for you know, right? But man, <laughs> please, I hope he debuts in AEW. Like, come on, guys, come on, guys, do him a solid, like we say down here, and do the right thing. Put him over there where he's going to get ex- way more exposure and it's only a good thing for him as, you know, for everything. Like, he'll become a bigger star, dude. Yeah. And the thing is, not many fans know him in North America and in the Western sort of, you know, wrestling world. Not many people. We've known him for years. There's, you know, the real fans, and when I say real fans, I'm using that loosely, I mean marks. We're all marks. The ones that really fucking understand pro wrestling and have that love everything, know how much of a big deal he really is, man. So just, I hope he does debut in AEW, man. Why not? Do it at all out. Hell yes. Might as well, like, let's go all out. Let's just debut let's everybody. Let's go all out. Let's debut right. everybody, you know? I That's, mean, I'd even be yeah. fine with J- with Jay White showing up and taking out Kenny. I'm, I'm totally oh, fine with that yeah. because, I mean, there's so much storyline. Like, 
Wait, wait, and Absolutely. people are like, wait, 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 Jargo. You don't want Brian Danielson to show up and challenge Kenny, <laughs> but you want Jay White to show up and challenge Kenny? Yes, I do, because there's years of personal animosity between Switchblade Jay White and Kenny Omega. Like Jay, I could see Jay White showing up and laying out Kenny just because Jay White wants to show up and lay out Kenny. It ain't got nothing to do with the AEW championship. He just hates <sighs> no. Kenny Omega. Like that that that's right. an established storyline at this point. Exactly. And for at least is that might not know right he was the direct replacement of kenny like he was well, supposed even to be the before next... that kenny right. tried to bring jay white into right. bullet club exactly. jay white lays out kenny omega joins <laughs> chaos the next day you know so i mean like even going back to like right when jay returned from excursion kenny right. and jay that's when that all started absolutely and i remember that like it was yesterday man and he laid him out you know what i'm saying so oh, yeah like a bitch. There's a lot of history. Like, like a, a bitch. 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 <laughs> uh, speaking of bitches, let's talk about QT Marshall. QT Marshall oh. is going to get punched out by the big show, Paul White. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's, that's what's going to happen here. Um, I, I, what, why did they do the thing on Dynamite with Billy Gunn? Like, what was, uh. what was the point of that? Because I'm very confused by that. <laughs> and so were we. I, I'm we not sure I care. I'm just confused. Well, first of all, the gun club is disturbing in some ways, man. <laughs> like, and the way QT all, sold it, it's not like you know they're with you know the the whatever QT's group is called, the factory Jago, or whatever. Yeah, the, fa- the factory, right? Jago, but it's Marshall, remember? Not Marshall. <laughs> it's QT Marshall. I'm just saying. Meh. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> I said Marshall. QT Marshall. Too... <laughs> there you go. You said it right then. Marshall. No, I, so anyway. I, I, roll, I, the, I only roll my R's for Ray Phoenix. That's the only the R the roll and that you're getting Ray on Phoenix. Come on, But we, in this case, you got to roll the Marshall. You know what I mean? You got to. Yeah, I wish I wish QT Marshall would roll his ass up out of AEW. Why is this <laughs> guy bad. even getting a freaking pay per view match? Why you are we wasting me. Paul White's in ring return on QT Marshall? Why is Paul White even in a match? To be honest with right? QT Marshall, what, you got ten did... matches on this show. You don't need Paul White versus QT Marshall. Man, this match should have been taken off the card and have Andrade facing someone, dude. Seriously. Yeah, okay, let's let yeah, let's big show is gonna punch this motherfucker out. That's what's going on. That's what's down. gonna happen. One, two, three. Yeah, it's that's over. it, right? So let's talk <laughs> about Andrade. It. it was supposed to be right. Andrade versus Pac. And yep. now Pac evidently can't get into the country. If he would just keep his ass in the United States for a little while, maybe I this know, wouldn't right. keep happening. Um, so so Pac can't get into the country. I thought they were gonna fill in another opponent for Andrade. Now it's just not there's nothing happening with Andrade. Is that what's going on? Dude, to say this um experiment with Andrade and Chavo has been underwhelming is an understatement, dude. I can say I feel this. so bad. I can turn this around. I hope around. so. I can turn this around. Remind well, me at so. the end of the show, I will give you my big Andrade pitch when we're kind of determining what should be the main event. I believe we've had this conversation off the air too. I think, I so. think uh, Jago, I think so. yeah. I but, can turn um, this yeah. around. We we can make Andrade the biggest thing in AEW at all out. Man, he deserves it too, man. Like he's so much better than what he gets booked as, dude. Well, like I mean, is he? 
I mean, like, I, I feel like I this is do. a conversation to have about Andrade because since Andrade left the WWE, Andrade is like forgotten how to wrestle in every match that I've seen him in. Like, where where the hell is La Sombra? Like, I'm I'm seeing way too much Andrade, not nearly enough La Sombra. Like, I like he went to the WWE, he learned WWE style, and he completely forgot how to wrestle anything else. Like, he seems like he's a step too slow. None of his offense looks good. Nothing looks crisp. He, like, it's not La Sombra. Like, where where the oh. hell is that guy at? <laughs> Who? La, la who? Well, and, definitely and, not and it's la the sombra, same thing man. with Machine Gun. Machine Gun Carl Anderson's <laughs> the same way. Like Machine Gun, when he was in New Japan, like that motherfucker knew strong style and he worked strong <laughs> style. He went to WWE, learned WWE style, and now it's like he's forgotten how to do anything else. What do you think he despises WWE for? <laughs> He hates he hates that company. I mean, absolutely hates him. But then quit back wrestling to their style, Carl. Go get right. punched in the mouth by Tomatonga, because that's what's going to happen. You're going to get punched in the mouth, Carl. Uh, he said it, not me, Carl. <laughs> but anyway, back to Andrade. You're onto something, but maybe one of the vets, maybe it was Cutie Marshall, because uh, isn't he one of the trainers, really? <laughs> anyway, right? So maybe someone has told him to slow down and work that North American style, big man style of professional wrestling, Jago. Maybe did, someone did was in his ear. Maybe it was Rick. With Andrade and Kenny in Mexico? You know what? I didn't, and I wanted to watch it, but then I it's took just, so long to watch it that I didn't bother. And I was looking forward to that match. Yeah, How me was too. Jago, actually? Me too, and it was not good. It was not good. No, you're kidding, it dude. It was not good. That's, Kenny never... It's rare that Kenny puts on a crap match. Just be honest, right? Yeah, and it, was, it wasn't because of Kenny. Like, so you're have have me, you seen a good Andrade match since he left WWE? Not since he's left WWE. And he's had some great matches in WWE. Let's be honest. In no, NXT, he had some great matches in NXT. NXT, yeah. Well, that's what I was meant to say when When's I said WWE. When's the last WWE. time you saw a good Andrade match? NXT. <laughs> like, really? That was how long ago? Three, a few four years. years ago? Yeah, maybe four. Yeah. Like, 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 is he better than this? Because if he is, I need to see it. Well, to be fair to Andrade, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, right? He has put on a lot more muscle mass, dude. Well, this is why I was so looking forward to this matchup. Because I wanted to see Pac against Andrade. Because Pac is another one of those guys. Pac doesn't have a bad match. Spot on. Absolutely true. And I think it would have been great. These two surely would have had great chemistry. And it would have forced Andrade to wrestle back to that La Sombra style. Because he would have to. Right? Like, he would have to. Unless... They make him be slow and methodic. Maybe Ricky's getting into his head too much. And Charlotte maybe is saying some bad advice because someone's in his ear, dude. Is yeah, there anything I can think of? Not, I need the Sombra back, right? Right. And I, I, I think I might have a way to make that happen. I might. <laughs> Just maybe. I like this. Please Just please me. tell me. Oh, we'll, 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 we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Let's All talk right. about Miro right. and Eddie Kingston. Uh, God's favorite champion lays down for nobody but his wife in the hotel room. That might be the best promo in the history of (laughs) promos. Um, And and last night, Eddie Kingston cut one hell of a promo, too, about how he doesn't believe in Miro's God. Uh, These two guys on the mic have been stellar 
Miro has completely reinvented himself. He's an absolute freaking monster. He is the prototype for what you hope to have happen when somebody leaves the WWE. Like, he does not feel like a WWE guy anymore. Like, Rusev is nope. long dead and gone. Long live <laughs> Miro, God's favorite champion. And I feel bad for Eddie Kingston because Eddie Kingston is really working hard. He's cutting some great promos, but he's going to get his ass whipped by Miro on Sunday night. Like, that's what's going to happen. God's favorite champion is going to put down the Mad King, and then he'll be the royal God's favorite champion. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> well, Give Miro a crown. Let him walk around with a crown kind of on his head <laughs> sideways. Oh, no. And have uh, his wife be the new Deborah. Do you want to see Lana in AEW? I was having this conversation with my friend Luke this morning, and I was like, why? Why why do we want to do that? Like, he's doing so good all by himself. Let's not bring Lana into this. I would only on one condition, though. If she's the ravishing Russian character, you know what I'm saying? If she's playing that route... Like, if she goes that route and, and but becomes the But then she's going to talk again. all the time, and we're not going to hear Miro talk about how he's God's favorite champion. He doesn't need her now. Think about it, actually. Going back to his first WWE run, like, as in when he first came in, right, from NXT into WWE, the main roster, he could not speak English for shit, No, dude. Lana was the best part of his act, but he has moved right. so far beyond that. And he lives in Tennessee, who would have thought, right? I mean, that that kind of surprised me, but shout out to Tennessee. But in saying that, he's the complete. He's totally reinvented himself. And to think, not long ago, it was Rusev Day, and I was buying into that too, dude. All he but does man, is get himself guy, over. That's all. That's all. Man, Rusev right, does. right. And Vince used to think, and you, you've heard this story, right? Where Vince said, "No, you, you're, not, you're not going over, pal. It's because the, the fans." are giving him shit, basically. They're screaming Rusev Day because the fans hate him. Can you believe this old man? <laughs> Is that crazy or what, man? This guy gets it, man. Not only has he changed his character, per se, his gimmick, but he's also changed his look, man. Like, he's he's in such great shape. Man, years ago in WWE, he was more like a rhino body, sort of like rhino build, short, stocky, Sort of, his chest wasn't even this defined. Right now, dude, he's a specimen. He's a I dare beast. say he's God. <laughs> God's favorite you know what champion. I, mean? I love He him, really man. is. It's great. It's great. And it gets yeah. over. Even as a heel, he's it's getting over. over. You know? Right. It's he's fantastic. brilliant, dude. And he'll be a great baby face, too, when the time comes, man. When the time comes. Because people want to cheer him, dude. Yep. People really want to really cheer him. But, you know, they're playing along, basically. Out of respect to Miro, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Because he's that good. And I'm happy for him, man. But he, but Lana, if Lana comes back and he's actually just quiet, plays a sort of Miss Elizabeth, sort of to Macho Man, sort of. I think of it more as like Paul Heyman work. to Brock Lesnar, like where Brock well, would just too, kind of right. stand there yep. and not really do anything, you know? like. And people don't realize Brock can actually talk. Oh, yeah. Brock's a great promo. I can't wait you, for you the Brock I mean? Lesnar promos. Love it. Oh, me too. That's oh. the only thing worth to watch WWE. Like, you know what I mean? Because he really and gets you. You never know hyped. what he's going to say, and you're not going right. to tell him what to say. Brock Lesnar ain't going to be scripted. Shit. Guarantee you that. No chance. Brock Lesnar doesn't work. give a shit about your kids. Why do you think they've probably got Heyman in his corner so he doesn't talk, dude? Yeah. There's a reason he's behind dangerous. the madness, man. 
Exactly. Exactly. So, man, if it's like that, that works. If she doesn't say shit and she's just like, middle crash or some shit like that, it works, man. Oh, I don't like Lana. I don't need Lana on my TV. Really? Don't need her nah. on my TV. Uh, let's talk oh, about man. some of the big matches here. Uh, let's start off with the women's division. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Still playing a heel, which I think is absolutely hilarious, even though she's the most over woman in the division. Taking on um, an alien, Chris Statlander. Yep. Um, I, th- yep. This could be rough. <laughs> this could be rough. It could be, or it could be pretty good, because Chris Statlander, people seem to forget, she hasn't been in this business for long at all, dude. I, I get that, but that's no excuse for not necessarily being very good and i i I think chris statlander is fine i think she's still really green i think she's got a lot of potential i don't think she should be in a women's championship match at all out like it's just that i agree i don't i don't like the matchup i am looking forward to whatever comes out of the women's battle royal uh i think there's a few legitimate contenders to win that of course i mean you're, you're gonna have thunder rosa's gonna be in there you're gonna have sheeta in there layla hirsch looked great in her matchup with camille uh nyla She's rose cool, always a threat to win um you've got tay conti in there who is quickly becoming like the baby face opposite of Britt Baker, kind of on the ledger. Uh, Anna Jay is kind of returning into things. And it sounds like the former Ruby Riot, Ruby Soho, very well could be the Joker, number 21. Tessa Blanchard, always kind of floating out there, always a threat to show up in AEW. There, there, there's a lot of potential for Britt Baker going forward. I'm not sure it's as a heel, but going forward for Britt Baker, there's a lot of potential. Who do you want to see win this battle royal and kind of be the the next opponent for Dr. Britt? Really, I want Thunder Rosa to be the one that, that, that wins that, but I know it probably won't happen, right? Because I can see Ruby Riot actually... She's going to debut. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You Do you know put I mean? her over in the debut? Yeah, you kind of have to. I don't think you necessarily think have to. In a battle it royal, you it could, depends. In a battle royal, there's so much you could do. Like you could have like, you know, Nyla Rose and three other people team up on her and toss her over the top rope and you have okay, yeah, Ruby possible, Soho right. versus Nyla Rose going forward as a program. Um I I kind of feel like the 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 whole Thunder Rosa Nyla Rose segment that happened on Dynamite last week, I think that's going to be a story coming out of this battle royal. I think they're going to take each other out yeah, inside definitely. of this battle royal. So, you know, heaven forbid that we have two women's creative <laughs> programs going on at the same time. Jeez. You know, but you, right. so then you could have Brit versus someone and you could have Nyla Rose versus Thunder Rosa, which should be very good on the other side. Well, Thunder Rosa can work a program with just about anyone and in, in, in anything. But in saying that, as far as Britt Baker goes, you know why I think she just doesn't, she won't be a baby face just yet? Because I think that kind of scarred her, dude. Really, if it wasn't for her becoming heel, I don't think she'd be where she's at right now. Because let's be fair, when she was baby face, she sucked. Yeah. She was, she just couldn't like, she just wasn't the same Britt Baker, man. But her becoming a heel was the greatest thing to ever happen for her career, man, because now she's 
she's on a different level suddenly, man. I remember the same Britt Baker back in NXT and even on the main roster getting squashed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to be fair, she was green for a long time. Mm-hmm. It felt like she just didn't get it even, even after when about three AEW years. Started, it right. just wasn't. Yes, working. she sucked two years ago, dude. She sucked a year ago, like just over a year ago, even. Yeah. But now. She's on another level, man, and she's confident. She's, like, very confident. She believes what she's saying this time. Before that, she didn't believe what she was saying. She looked like a deer in the headlights. And I think she's comfortable in this role. And I wouldn't turn her baby face per se like that. Like, you can turn her baby face and still, like a stone cold, man, like an anti-hero type of gimmick, you know what I mean? That works, too. Because the fans love her anyway, man. And why not? I mean, in that case, if you're going to keep Britt Baker on the heel side of the roster, as I'm looking at the potential opponents who could win this, because I feel like Ruby Soho coming in, I feel like Ruby's going to be a heel. Yeah, I can see that too. Uh, it's probably the right thing to do. I think so I too. I mean, I think so too. Right. So, so I don't want to do Ruby Soho versus. Dr. Britt Baker, I don't want to do a heel versus heel matchup. So I'm guessing I'm going to go with Hikaru Shida to win the uh, Women's Battle Royal. She's never gotten a rematch for the AEW right. Women's Championship. And when as I look at the possible, maybe take Conti. You could go with Conti versus Britt, but I don't know if you want to do that just yet. People are really into take Conti, but I don't know if she's ready for that spot. I'm going to say some controversial uh, Jago. She's definitely not ready for that spot right now because I mentioned on the skirmish that I feel like she's taking 10 steps back suddenly after going 100 steps forward. Yeah. I feel like her she's losing her heat a bit, man. Like uh, I don't know if it's the booking committee's fault or it's just her sort of plateauing a little bit, but I feel like she's sort of gone a bit backwards again. And because at one stage she was becoming a great worker, man, suddenly she started getting it, man. She was good in the ring out of the blue. She impressed me. But now she's getting a little sloppy again, I feel. The opponents is absolutely one thing to look at. Um, she, she has to be working with somebody that's better than she is. Uh, somebody Definitely. has to carry her to a good be carried, match. right. She, she, she can't lead one. Um, I, I've always really liked Tanera Conti uh, going back to the Mae Young Classic when she was in there. I, I, I She's got a great look. She knows judo. Like she's a black belt Shoot. in judo. Right. So she, yep. she clearly has the background. The problem is she gets really, really hot and then she gets cooled off. And then she gets really, yep. really hot and then she gets cooled off. And going all the way back to NXT, this has been the thing with Tanera Conti. At a certain point, I can't help but wonder if the problem's not Tane Araconti. That's what I'm starting you know? to think too. Like, is That's she just what I'm saying, a right. real pain in the ass to work with backstage? You know, interesting take on that because I haven't heard that she is. So, I haven't I mean, either. Maybe, I, I, I right. I'm just completely speculating, but. At a certain point, when you start seeing a pattern, like Eva Lise is another one there, where yes, it's like she would get really, example. really hot everywhere she perfect would go, example. and then just as she was about to get it, they'd pull it back away from her. And it's Not like, why? That. Why? What, what's the deal? 
And, you know, at a certain point you start hearing, oh, she's kind of a pain in the ass to work with, you know? And it's like, well, that sucks because I've always thought she was a great talent. Tamara Conti could be kind of the same way. You took the words out. I wanted to say the same thing. I was going to say the exact same thing because she's the perfect example. At one stage, it looked like she forgot how to wrestle even, dude. And she used to be pretty good in the ring. Let's be real. And then you watch her later matches before AEW fighter or whatever happened, right? She was bad in the ring, dude. There was botches galore. And it was almost like, is this the same Ivelisse? Like, what happened? Would she forget how to wrestle? Then I'm hearing she was injured all the time. I don't know what happened, but she's... From being a relatively hot talent to poo, cooled off, absolutely cool, cold, yeah. like ice cold. Where is she? Like, she's done, almost. Yeah, yeah no coming one, out of Lucha Underground, I right, thought for sure awesome. she was going to get signed and skyrocketed. But yeah. Not but, jeez. And that's what I'm afraid of with Tari Conti. And I feel like there's a lot of resemblance happening right now if they're, if they're not careful. Yep, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see. So what do we got left? Oh, I guess there's only three big matches left. Um, <laughs> hmm, which one do I want to start with here? I guess let's go, let's do Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers. Where do we begin? <laughs> this match makes me so frustrated. Because, number one, we've seen this match several times. The several. match is going to be very, very good. <laughs> yeah. But there's no heat. There's no heat whatsoever going into this match. I, we should be more excited about this match. You know, it's, and part of it's the Lucha Brothers. Like they just, they feel so cold right now. Everything feels so routine. I don't know, man. (laughs) I, I, I feel like I should be way more excited about this. It's almost like the Lucha Brothers need a little bit of a different sense of direction. You think? (laughs) And I don't blame the Lucha Brothers here, man. I blame whoever's booking them the way they are. If it's TK, shame on you, man, because how do you fuck up two talents that were red hot when they first jumped into AEW? They were red hot before AEW. Hell, they were red hot for a good two years at one stage, all right? They went from that to like this. Maybe, look, they seem happy, though, right, mm-hmm. which is weird. They're having a good they time. They actually seem happy. Right. Maybe maybe we're being too critical. Maybe it was their decision to be together. They're brothers after all, right? So, I mean, maybe it's them. But if it's not them, this is silly. These guys need to be in singles. I mean, look at Penta, dude. Penta's got potential I mean, his Lucha Underground stuff was on another fucking stratosphere, dude. I missed the Breaker Bones. Man. And all his different incarnations, like, you know, Pentagon, Pentagon Dark, Dark, Pentagon. Right. That was my favorite version, personally, right? They all had different sub. Man, it was like a, he conjured a different version of himself that would go so dark to, like, being a, over babyface, you know, pandering to the fans with his, you know, Zero Miedo and, and all that. Dude, this guy is so good. And Ray Phoenix is on a different planet too, man. So how the hell do you put him in this position in the first place? And they're cold. 
they're cold, which is sad, dude. Well, but the fans still love them. Here's what needs to happen. I think, I personally, I think this should be the main event of the show. Absolutely. As, as you, I you look can make an argument. at the card, this is going to be the best match on the show. But for the sake of creative, I'm going to say this is going to open the show. I, I was going to say the same thing. I was so, oh my God, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to, I totally agree. It will definitely be the opener. I so, can so see it. We open with this match, and it's a very good match, and the Young Bucks retain the AEW Tag Team Championships. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. And, right? <laughs> and so, is it just me, Jago, before, sorry for cutting you off, but even the Bucks are getting pretty cold, dude. Oh, I love the Bucks. I think the Bucks are doing the best work of their fucking careers. I they they, they are so annoying, and you just want to see them get their asses kicked. It's so over the top. It's so pretentious. It's so good. I mean, like they are they are the perfect heels right now. I just think they are just insufferably awful, which is exactly what they're going for. You know what I mean? It's like, funny. Even no, down no, to the sneakers hey. they're wearing, man. Like, look at right, that absolutely. shit. Absolutely right. Like, they, like, they're trying to get heat here, like, and it's working. But Nick I feel like Jackson not doing in enough. particular, like his oh, entrance hell yeah. is Nick the greatest Jackson. thing in wrestling. Nick Jackson definitely has actually moved up a level. I think you know what I mean. Where he's oh, outshining so his brother now. Oh so yeah, good. definitely, definitely. And he's funny, dude. He makes me laugh. He, and it looks like he's not only having fun, but he looks like he. He's real serious when he does his shit, you know what I mean? It's funny, though. But in saying that, I feel like they could be doing more. Like you said before, there's no heat in this match. Right. You know what I mean? Right. What the fuck? Like, there's no heat. So here's like, what we're we going to do. Right. The Bucks are going to beat the Lucha Bros inside of this match. And no doubt. It, it's going to be good, and, and nobody's going to care. And we're going to move <laughs> forward. We're going to move forward to a little bit later on in the show. And we're going we're gonna to go to one of their terrible announcers that they have backstage. Maybe Mark Henry. Oh. God, he's awful in that oh my, oh, my God. Mark Henry. <laughs> Jesus and now Christ. here's your main event. Um, <laughs> so we're going to go backstage, and, and somebody's going to interview the Lucha Bros, who are going to be just so dejected. So they just they, they know. They, they, they should have won, and, and they lost. And they, they can't explain it. They're, they're just down in the dumps. And then Andrade and Chavo are going to show up again and say, you know, if only you had somebody in your corner tonight. Where's Pac at? Where's the other part of the, uh, the, the triangle at? Yeah, he's not here for you. Look who's here. I'm here. Come with me. Join the Ingobernable. And, oh, and, and, no. and, and so we end up with Penta, Phoenix, and Andrade all together. I think that helps Andrade if you, you kind of make him the leader of a new Los Ingobernables faction inside of AEW. I think it can reheat Penta. It can reheat Phoenix. Give them some kind of direction coming out of this because they need something. And I think this is even better than winning the tag team championships. Absolutely. And you know what's funny, Jago? When you first told me this, because we had this conversation uh, like a couple of weeks ago, actually, right? And it's funny because back then it was just like, you know, hopefully they go that route, but we both agreed they probably won't, right? 
knowing, you know, our luck. It's too good for them to, like, come up with it, right? Right. But in saying that, I think you might be onto something because possibly it, it really sets itself up to become that. You got Pac not around. This could be okay, faithful, you know. Maybe really he could have came back into the country. Maybe, damn, we weren't recording that night, so no one heard us or, or read our <laughs> messenger like messages. But, dude, it kind of feels like they're going to go that way, possibly, man. And I dare say there's a good chance that might happen. I think it just because makes sense. And and like it does. The, the the pairing of the Lucha Bros and Pac has never really clicked. I mean, and Pac is a bastard. Like the bastard yeah. shouldn't have friends. <laughs> Who wants to hang out with right. a bastard? Oh, right? God, it's so silly, right? And then you're Absolutely. off and running with Pac versus Andrade. Suddenly there's actual like more heat to this program. Pox solo all by himself. He doesn't have any friends again. And then who cares if he can get into the country or not? Like, and and the Lucha bros have some kind of direction because right now they're aimless. Well, I hope man, I'm hoping, but if it does happen, I'll laugh. I'll really laugh because I'll be like, Jago, that was the, 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 that's how it's got to go. It has to go. And the cards are falling for that to happen. Yeah. Just do it. So I'm starting to think, just Just do it. 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 Yeah, just pull the trigger. You know what I mean? Literally. Maybe I shouldn't even say that these days in 2021. But in saying that, you have to. If you don't, it's so disappointing because I am starting to think you were onto something now. And kayfabe, maybe Puck doesn't have any visa issues. The Lucha Brothers are definitely going to lose. There's no ifs or buts about it. That's happening, right? I mean, honestly, when you think about it, Pac not being in the country might be the best thing for every talent involved. Everyone. I mean, it it might be the best thing for Pac because suddenly he has a direction. He has a mission. He has a purpose. He has three fresh opponents that he can go up against. The Lucha Bros have direction, which let's face it, since AEW started, they have not had any kind of direction. (laughs) And And it loads up Andrade and makes him feel like a much bigger deal without even doing anything, which is like the most tranquilo thing of all tranquilo things. (laughs) Absolutely. And you saying that, I'll tell you why it makes even more sense for this to happen. You're missing one key ingredient. You've heard the rumors about the trios championship, right? Coming in. And they've started up again as of yesterday, I believe. Right. We got a new Los Ingobernables, I believe, but they'll probably be a triangle of some sort a triangle of some sort right but like again it writes itself you got new trios titles coming out you got a new trios team everyone's written into a story arc but then park unfortunately if that does happen then who's gonna be his two buddies that goes and you know gets revenge on the new stable well, that's part Shall of the story, say. right? Who's going to be friends with the bastard? Like, that's a story in itself. Right. Who's going to be friends with the bastard? <laughs> John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. They'd oh, be friends shit. with the bastard. <laughs> Jesus. There you go. You know, like, why, why not? Like, who's going to be friends yeah. with the bastard? Imagine the promo John Moxley would cut about being friends with the bastard. Oh, it would be funny, I mean, it'd man. Be it'd be funny great, and great. Right? 
Right, absolutely, man. And I bet you act like he doesn't understand him half the time, but he understands the bastard, though. Right. doesn't understand when he talks, but he gets the bastard. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and to, to go back to your other point, uh, Triangulo de la Marta sounds so much cooler than Death That's Triangle. That's it. That's right. You said it too. Yeah, it does. Say it in Spanish, man. Yeah, Triangulo de la Marta. Like, that sounds <laughs> fucking badass. Put that on a hoodie. I'll buy it tomorrow. If Excalibur says... Tope suicida every two seconds. Then why can't they say that? Come on. That's it. That and I will pay money to hear Jim Ross say it. (laughs) It That'd be fucking great. I'm glad actually you mentioned Jim Ross. I'm hearing he's uh, they're gonna pretty much fade him out. Good. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm Uh, sad. I'm sad for him. I know. No, because my understanding is he's still gonna stay on. Um, it's just they're going to save him for big events, big matches. He's not going to be on Dynamite every week. Like, that to me makes all the sense in the world. I thought they should have went to that when the pandemic hit. Like, Jim Ross should not be going through airports at his age with his health issues and all this other shit. Like, it just makes absolute sense to me. Good. Like, that's my conclusion. Like, save him for the main event of All Out. It even makes the main event feel a bit more special, you know, or full gear, double or nothing, whatever, you know. I like it. Oh, look, I'll be sad for him to, like, not be around all the time, but the only thing that worries me about JR, and he said it himself, I've got his most recent book, which is about, you know, right, exactly. And it's a great great book. I highly recommend it, right. It's sad. And he mentioned it is sad. It is sad. It's very sad, actually. And uh, he mentions, though, if he stopped, like, commentating, it's like he could, he will die, basically. He needs to be... Yeah, but I also, you know what I, mean? I also saw him getting into and out of the ring on Dynamite, and he looked very, very frail. He and not any fair. He's looking bad even on his face, dude. And, yeah, no, yeah. no, it's sad, like, dude. I, I worry about JR. Right. In a lot of different contexts. But yeah, if you haven't read Under the Black Hat, it's very good. It's very sad. It's basically like, you know, a 350 page love letter to his wife. It's, it's it's really, I listened to the audio version and listening to him was even more difficult. You know, I, no doubt about it. You know what? It's actually better to get the audio book version just because Mm -hmm. it's from him. Yep. It's from him talking about you feel it, man. Yep. Absolutely. It's a it's a it's a great book, but just be warned it's it's pretty it's pretty sad. But yeah, man, look, good luck to him if that's the case and if that's legit because he hasn't come out and denied it either, no. which means there's some truth to it. Because you know him, he comes out and he'll say it. You know what I mean? Well, and Jim right Ross now, is what like eighty? Nothing. No, you, <laughs> you want to know how old he really is? Please is look Ross? it up. You'll be shocked. Let's you'll ask shocked. the fire breathing Twitter machine. <laughs> hey Siri How old is Jim Ross? Jim Ross was 89 years old when he died on the 1st of January 2016 oh. <laughs> I don't think that's the right Jim Ross Siri. <laughs> I hope that's not a prediction either man <laughs> Let me ask Siri Let's see if uh, my great Aussie accent <laughs> Gives me the real answer. Let me try it just for a shit stir, right? Hey Siri, how old is Jim Ross? Oh, age of death, 89. 
I'll get the same thing. Okay, well, I got 69. Jim yep. Ross is 69 years old. So he's pushing 70. He's been doing this a long time, man. Doing but this you know what? Time. He looks, he has, but he looks older than 69, dude, in a, in a way. Well, I mean, when you really think about it, JR's kind of been to hell and back over the course of the last five years. You know? He really has, man. And it's very unfair on him, too, man. He's He's gotten a. Like, hearing what how Vince treated him was pissing me off. I'm not going to lie. I won't, you know, spoil it, but he's such an asshole in many ways, man. He was good to him, too, though. Don't get me wrong, but he was such a bully, man, in many ways, dude. CM that's, that's Punk what I'm much of. is making his return to the ring for the first time in seven years, in case you haven't heard. And he's going to be fighting Darby Allen. We don't really know why he's going to be fighting Darby Allen. But, you know, okay, he's fighting Darby Allen. Um, Jimmy, this is a, kind of an awkward matchup. Um, I, I would have believed you if you would have told me that CM Punk was going to return to the ring in a tag team match um, because they were going to try to protect him a little bit in the match, and his tag team partner was going to be Darby Allen. I would have believed that more than him facing off with Darby Allen in a singles match. Um, what do you make of this matchup? I, I, I think everybody's looking forward to it, but not because we're looking forward to CM Punk versus Darby Allen. We just want to see CM Punk for the first time in seven years. Yeah. I'm confused still. Like, look, man, I can tell Darby Allen is kind of marking out. I don't know if you remember when he debuted. And you know how Darby was in the rafters with Sting? Mm -hmm. Did you see the look on his face, dude? He was legitly marking out. He was marking out when when Punk was talking. So I'm pumped for him. I'm sure he's he's excited. But does it elevate him if Punk goes over, like I was saying before? like And and why is there no heat to this match whatsoever? I don't think it's booked right. I think I would have held out on Punk till the next pay-per-view, believe it or not, or at least a month to wrestle on Dynamite even. Because I think just bringing him in and just straight away sort of Putting him in a program with no heat is just a dumb move. But I guess the way AEW is thinking, they think let's just capitalize on him, you know, returning, we'll put him in a match with Darby. Darby will, will, will give him a great match as his first match. He's light. Think about it. You know, CM Punk doesn't look in shape, like proper wrestling like shape just yet. So it makes sense in that way for Darby to be his first opponent because he can throw him around, essentially. That's the only thing I can think of, dude. That's the only thing that makes any kind of logical sense to me, too. Right. Um, to me, if I was bringing CM Punk back for the first time in seven years and I wasn't really sure what to expect out of CM Punk, I think I would have picked either Ethan Page or Scorpio Sky to be that first opponent. I feel like both of those guys would have given you all of the benefits that Darby is going to give you, but be on the heel side of the ledger. So everybody would cheer CM Punk and they're both bump machines. They'd make Punk look good, but they're not as light as Darby. So I That's mean, Punk, Punk is going to be able to throw Darby around a bit more than he could throw Scorpio or Ethan Page around. But both of those guys seem much better candidates for the first Punk match back. Like I'm looking forward to Darby versus Punk. I just wish it was happening in like six months and there was 
some kind of a reason why I was looking forward to Darby versus Punk rather than, oh, it should be a good match. You know? Well, a little a little light bulb just went off in my head, and this is going to be stupid. Is it going to end up a tag match against Scorpio yes, Sky and Ethan Page? Yes, yes, yes. Because remember, keep in mind, that story arc the between... The story. Yes, it hasn't really... It really is not over officially just yet, right? Supposedly. But they've forgotten. It seems like they've forgotten about it, but there's more to it. And remember, again, that trio's... Those chairs titles that are freaking punk, Darby debuting and Sting. Team. Yeah, I could see it, man. And then there you go. They get to carry CM Punk while he gets back into shape. And then we move on to more serious programs. Well, yeah, because I mean, that's the only way. The, one of the things that I really I'm worried about when CM Punk was active many, many years ago, seven years ago, in case you haven't heard, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> CM Punk was great at telling stories in the ring. He is not Will Ospreay. He is not no. Shingo Takagi. He is not Kazuchika Okada. You know, like, Ooh. but he was really good at telling stories in the ring. That's what he's really good at. It's the psychology aspect. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So I don't know what people are expecting from CM Punk. Like if you took like CM Punk's best match of 2011 and you put it in a 2021 context, is it what? Three, three and a half stars. You know what I mean? So yeah. now at the age of 42, what are we expecting from CM Punk against Darby Allen? Physically? I don't know. And there's no heat to pull from for the psychology of a big pay-per-view match. So I don't know what to expect from this match. I don't know if I'm expecting a seven-minute match with CM Punk gassed from the adrenaline before he even gets into the ring. Or am I expecting, you know, Shawn Michaels versus Triple H in his first match in seven years? They go out and they freaking burn down SummerSlam for 45 minutes. Like, I don't know what to expect out of CM Punk and neither does anybody else can you make this the main event not knowing what you're gonna get man you put it perfectly first of all that's why I just see Scorpio Sky and um what's his name Uh, Ethan Page getting involved in this match and again I just see trios in my freaking head over and over again oh it sets up so many teams, though. Think about yeah, it. It does. You know what I mean? It really does. So, and if they're really going to debut these titles really soon, it all falls into place. Everything is falling into place for a trios tournament, dude. You know I'm, what I'm, I'm saying? firmly against trios titles. Uh, Me too, trios man. Trios titles have never worked anywhere but Mexico. nowhere. That's the yep. only place that it's ever worked is in Mexico. Uh, even Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor, New Japan, they both have six man titles. I don't feel like it works. Like just from a creative aspect in the presentation of North American wrestling, I've never seen it work. Even Lucha Underground, like the six man titles were the least interesting of all their belts. Yeah. You know, it's, it's true. Just it's true. Doesn't work. But but it falls into that if if the rumors are to be believed. Mm-hmm. It just it just it makes sense, but I hope we're wrong. Yeah, so I hope, well, I hope I'm wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. Because if we, yeah, it just but it only makes sense because I'm telling you, Punk cannot be ready 
for a full blown twenty minute match, say. Okay. Okay. Let's. Okay, I can make this work. I can turn this around, right? Well, here we okay, go. I want to hear this. Here we go. Here's what we're gonna do. Uh, this is where we're gonna debut Adam Cole. We're gonna give Adam Cole, Scorpio Sky, and Ethan Page as his muscle. As his new faction, they're going to follow Adam Cole around like a lost little puppy dog. Adam Cole is going to be the mouthpiece, the super swarmy little dick who needs the muscle, right? So, so, so Adam Cole, Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, they take out Sting and Darby as they're making their entrance to the now arena. CM Punk makes the save. And now we're set up for a three-on-three three CM Punk, Darby Allen, and Sting oh, versus oh, Adam Cole, Ethan Page, and Scorpio Sky. And then your main program coming out of this, you have Scorpio, or you have Scorpio and Ethan Page versus Darby and Sting. And you have CM Punk versus Adam Cole. I'm happy with that. It works, but man, that would be funny. Can you picture like you basically got Hall and Nash an in the corner? Yeah, yeah, an X Park, literally an X Park. But X Park is the main mouthpiece. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it How works. Funny. Well, it I mean, works. Think, think about Shawn Michaels and, and Diesel. Right. You know, it's but just you're giving Adam Cole two, two heaters. <laughs> yeah. No, that would be funny and snarky. That would be a snarky little faction. Dude. Oh, it'd be great. Like, like oh. absolutely snarky. Insufferable. Like, <laughs> I'm laughing at the thought of it. Sniffling little bastards. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can get Pac to join that faction. Oh, sniffling no. bastards. That's going to be the name of the faction. <laughs> the sniffling bastards. I love it, the dude. That's, that's, that's great. <laughs> love it. Great shit. But the, the problem with that, though, is AEW... You know, sophisticated enough to even come up with this, man. You wouldn't you wouldn't buy a sniffling bastards t-shirt. I'd love it. I would. I'd be one of the first people to do it. It'd be great. It would work. I'm laughing at the thought of it, dude. I really am. Like it brings a smile to my face because it would work. I just hope they're they're smart enough to actually come up with something like that. Cause it would imagine everything we've said comes true, right? Just say. I'll be like, did they were they listening to the show? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because no way did all that happen. But then again, maybe, you know, it's that predictable. There you go. We've got because like 15 debuts and we're going to have like new matches days. announced. We're going to have grudge we're matches have announced. We've got the next year of creative. The show's going to be seven and a half hours. I mean, you know, like. Dude. You made me piss myself right now. Seriously, like seven and a half hours, it'll be ten and a half star matches. You bet. <laughs> Meltzer will have an orgasm on, on on the air. You know what I mean? Like, I mean. Yes, your main dude. event, Kenny Omega <laughs> versus Christian. After everything that we've talked about today, your main event, Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. I mean. Why am I laughing? That's, we're, we're pricks, dude. But when you well, put the, it down that's to That's the problem with this match. <laughs> Like, if your main event was Kenny Omega Uh, versus Hangman Page, it would feel like this was a much bigger show to take it all the way back to the beginning. Kenny Omega versus Christian? Really? You're right. eh? Yeah, it's true. Christian Cage, baby. Captain Charisma. 
After all of this, after Daniel Bryan's debut, Adam Cole's debut, <laughs> Ruby Soho's debut, Tessa Blanchard's debut, you know, we, we're putting together new factions. We've got Darby and Sting and Punk all together. We're going to have Adam Cole versus CM Punk going forward. We're going to have MJF is going to retire Chris Jericho. Like, all this shit is all going to happen on one show. <laughs> The fans are going to have multiple heart attacks on this show. I mean, they're going to blow their loads. Like, we are going to blow so many loads on one show, you are going to think that Vince Russo wrote it. Like, it is going to be Crash Crash TV TV. to the extent. Like, fuck, we might even bring Goldberg in at the end of this match. You know what I mean? Like, what what are we doing here? Oh, shit. Oh, man, I haven't laughed that hard in a while. God damn it. I choke when I laugh. And I don't want to be laughing because I'll start coughing up everywhere. But, dude, that is... If you could see my eyes properly right now, <laughs> I am literally in tears, bro. Because if I heard the Goldberg thing... <laughs> oh, my God, I'd be on the floor. I, mean, I would be on the floor. You could do a tenth of this and it would be like, oh, my oh. God, what a show. <laughs> Holy <That's> what, shit. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, man. Imagine they do that, though. Uh, look, that won't happen, but if 15 debuts, legends galore, trios galore. Dude, <laughs> Vince Russo writing this. I mean, seriously, Fash TV, man, at its best, at its finest. Hey, <laughs> it'd be funny, though, man. I'll be on the floor, but that's one hell of a card and one hell of a booking like masterpiece <laughs> it's crash tv at its finest and oh. it's the hitting the marks pro wrestling podcast back in your ear holes for the first time in a long time jimmy t the man from the pwc the gag in more ways than one because now i make him gag when i make him laugh too so i'm gonna have to oh. i'm gonna have to store that uh jimmy Dude. t why don't you put over <laughs> your social media tell people where to find you and we will wrap up the all in on all out previews <laughs> Well, you can find me at uh, at DJ Mass Effects on Twitter. You can also find me at uh, on Facebook at PWC. But most importantly, you can find me right here on the Hitting the Marks Wrestling, or not Wrestling, Podcast Network, sorry. So, man, you can find me pretty much anywhere on social media. So, man, but you know what, man? I've had a blast on this show, Jago. This has been one funny thing because if all that happens, I'm telling you, it's going to be a... An absolute Makta dream come true. Like, I'm telling you, it's going to be an orgy at All Out. Put it that way. (laughs) We're going to have 15,000 people fucking in Chicago. What's going down? (laughs) Cowboys and all, dude. I'm telling you, it will be be one hell of a load. Put it that way. Hey, the last time I was in Chicago, they carried Joey Ryan out on a parade of penises. (laughs) So, you know, anything is possible. We're in my my Joey Ryan and Candice LeRae. World's cutest tag team T-shirt. It all comes together. It was all planned, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you can keep up with me across social media platforms at Not Jargo. Keep up with the show at HTM underscore Pod. Of course, hittingthemarks.com. The GAG and I will be back in your ear holes next week with an all-new edition. Welcome back to Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. Keep up with the PWC on the HTM Podcast Network. Turnbuckle Talk. 
And of course, we're going to have a new episode of Destino coming up for your ear holes. Hell, me and RBV, we're going to sit down one of these days and we're going to actually record the Hitting the Marks podcast. Of course, all of the political and pop culture. It's not like there's anything going on in the world between Afghanistan and COVID and China taking over and build back better and we got to get rid of Joe Biden and where's Kamala Harris. There's all kinds of crazy shit going on. So keep up with us at the HTM Podcast Network. We'll talk to you next week here on the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya! Watch your fingers. Label me. Don't give up. You bad guy!